This is Comic Shenanigans episode 258, Comic Talk Spotlight on the Marvel Epic Collections. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, I'm your host Adam Chapman and this is episode 258. It's our Comic Talk Spotlight on the Marvel Epic Collections. Um, for some housekeeping, so I'm your host Adam Chapman. This episode's uh, heavily delayed. Um, we actually haven't had an episode since March 30th, and this is going out on March, uh, sorry, April 9th. So it's been a while since we've had a new episode. Um, a combination of schedule and holiday weekend and lethargy and all sorts of fun crap. Uh, have delayed this episode, and then I uh, actually, the first original episode for 258 was going to be on the solicits for June uh, for Marvel and DC, and I did an entire episode, and then the computer crashed just as I was wrapping it up, and I lost the entire episode, so didn't want, didn't want to redo it right away, so that episode will now be two, uh, 260, which will be coming out, um, I mean, usually it'll be coming out around today or tomorrow, uh, but it'll probably come out closer to Monday. Uh, the reviews episode for uh, releases from, I guess, April the or sorry, uh, April the first will come out in probably within the day or two, uh, just to try and get us back on tracks uh, at some point. Um, so today I want to talk about Epic Collections. Um, I've mentioned it for a while that uh, I've really enjoyed the new program that Marvel's been putting out called the uh, the Marvel Epic Collections. But before I even get into that, I mean, there is there is kind of a predecessor to this. Um, Marvel, for a few years now, has been doing either what they call complete collections or ultimate collections. Um, I, now, I think the earliest one started in around 2009 um, for the kind of the ultimate... Sorry, I'm wrong, 2008. For the uh, these ultimate or complete collections, uh, the original one was actually um, the new X Men by Grant Morrison was released in a, a series of three like larger than normal uh, trade paperbacks. Um, you know, the first one of that had had like you know fourteen issues. The next one had fifteen issues. The one after that had I think thirteen issues. So uh, this is something they've been doing for a while now. Is the idea? Oh, I'm actually wrong. I forgot they they started actually a lot earlier than that. My bad. They started in 2006 because uh, Ultimate X-Men and Ultimate Spider-Man, they were doing Ultimate collections of those particular books uh, more than just the standard trade would have. Um, so again, like the first Ultimate Spider-Man one had you know 13 issues in it, and it was these nice larger trade paperbacks because the usual trade paperback is around five to six issues these days, sometimes even shorter, which is frustrating. Um, but th- this is kind of a, a nice over, um, not oversized, but longer. Um, length collection. You get more comic and usually more bang for your buck as well. Uh, so they've been doing these for a while now, these these ultimate collections or complete collections. They sometimes change the nomenclature. Um, for a while it was just the ultimate collections and eventually they kind of switched over to the complete collection. Um, sometimes it's jarring because they'll do it in the middle of a run. For example, if you pick up uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Big Time Ultimate Collection, you'll... It, if you wanted to continue it, it then switches to being called the Complete Collection Volume 2 and 3, and then a forthcoming episode, um, volume will be Volume 4. Although that's one of my most frustrating uh, Complete Collections, because I like the idea that it was going to you know, kind of complete the big-time run of uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Plus, I had... Um, I started picking up trades for Spider-Man when I hit the Superior Era. Prior to that, I was always to singles. Now I do singles and trades. Um, yes, I double dip. It's stupid, I know. Uh, and technically triple dip because then I also got the digital copy from the new issues. Anyway, um, so I was excited about this. And then I saw that the solicitation copy only was going to cover Amazing Spider-Man 6, 
688 to 697, not including the first couple issue, issues uh, where Peter dies, which is, I get it's basically the end of Amazing Spider-Man, but also the beginning of the Superior Spider-Man era. So I guess they're probably collecting, gonna planning to collect a Superior Spider-Man complete collection, but the problem with that is that I already have the trades for that book, so I'm going to be missing 698 to 700 of Amazing Spider-Man in trade paperback format because of this, unless I I guess pick up with Dying Wish or whatever um, but it just seems frustrating that that's how they're going to run it I almost would have rather they double dipped on those three issues and put them in both an Amazing Spider-Man big time collection as well as the Superior Spider-Man collection because they I think they fit in both it's the ending of one story and the beginning of another anyways it's super frustrating uh, but they, they've done a lot of these ultimate and complete collections, and they, they serve as kind of a predecessor to what we're now seeing with the epic collections. A lot of it is more modern material. That's part of why it kind of uh, sets itself apart, as uh, the epic collections, as I'll get to them in a moment, are definitely a little bit more retro. We don't know where they're planning to end each volume, but we're getting a sense, uh, although it's never really truly been confirmed, but I'm sure people on the RumbleMasterworks.com uh, forum would correct me, because they know way more about this, and uh, they, and they do mapping for trades and what they expect to be in certain collections. Like they're incredible. They do so much work, um, just theorizing and then confirming, and it's very interesting. Uh, so looking at the kind of the complete collections that do exist, um, you know, again, I said it's more modern material because you have you know Amazing Spider-Man by JMS, Amazing Spider-Man Big Time by Dan Slott, uh, the Astonishing X-Men run by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy is in two uh, handsome trades instead of four trades as what it was originally uh, released. Uh, Avengers by Jeff Johns was released into two larger trade paperbacks. Um, got uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is a great value because you're getting 16 issues in that one. Uh, Black Panther by Christopher Priest has been solicited to come out this year. Both volumes 1 and 2 have now been uh, listed for pre-order on Amazon.com and .ca. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier is a nice collection which uh, collects issues 1 to 9 and 11 to 14, basically the entire Winter Soldier storyline by Red Brubaker. Uh It only bugs me because I bought you know Winter Soldier Volume 1, Winter Soldier Volume 2, and then uh, for Captain America Red Menace, I also did the same thing. I had, I think, volumes one and two, and now it's one big trade paperback. Um, there's also The Death of Captain America, which I think is a great value, because you're getting, like, I think 23 issues or something. Like, it's ridiculous. Because you're getting the entire kind of 18-part Death of Captain America story, plus the Civil War chapters, uh, plus the Winter Soldier, Winter Kills trade paperback. So it's actually a really good value. Um, I remember this one I, got, I bought five years ago. I remember getting uh, Cable and Deadpool. Uh, the entire 50-issue run and three j- big straight paperbacks. Uh, that's by Fabian Nicieza, or Nicieza. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I should because I'm going to be talking to him soon. Um, one that's coming up this year, I'm just spotlighting some of these ultimate collections, or complete collections, I should say, is Damage Control. Um, that could be a fun trade to own. Uh, there's that Daredevil by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev, so that's collecting the entire run by those two creators. Um which is, what, issue 26 to 81, so that's pretty lengthy. Then there's three trades collecting Ed Brubaker's run as well, although it doesn't feel like it's quite as long, but I guess it is longer than I remembered it being. Uh, Deadpool by Daniel Way, all 63 issues are in trade paperback format, um, in four big trades, and I'm talking big, like, there's a lot of issues in here. Like, I think volume two has 19 issues, um, you know, volume three is 19 issues. I think the, the shortest ones, I think, are one and four. Uh, Devil Dinosaur, uh, I have the omnibus of that, but uh, all nine issues were also released in a trade paperback. Uh, Doom 2099, the Warren Ellis run, um, that came out in a, in a, in a complete collection. Um, 
Exiles was one of the relatively earlier ones to adopt the format that wasn't part of the Ultimate line. Um, and that, I mean, the first trade there has 19 issues. It's a great value. Six trades get to uh, 100 issues. Uh, actually, more than that, because you've got a few other ancillary books that are kind of thrown in. Uh, anyways, I'm not going to go through the entire complete collection, but as I said, most of this is much more modern material. Uh, Doom 2099, some of the older material. Well, Devil Dinosaur, obviously, is much older. Uh, Deathlock, the, the Demolishers, older material as well. That probably wasn't as likely to be collected in other formats. Um, Fantastic Four by Wade and Ringo. I'm surprised they even bothered putting it into a complete collection, only because they ended up putting in, you know, four issues. And I was always kind of curious as to, sorry, four trade paperbacks, because, I mean, it's not that different than the six trade paperbacks you originally would have bought. I, I'm surprised they didn't go with three. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy by Abner and Lanning came out last year, time for the movie, uh, collecting the entire 25-issue uh, series. Uh, Jeff Loeb's Hulk got fully collected, although I think that might be harder to read because it obviously ends up intersecting with Greg Pox running the Hulk at the same time. Uh, there's a Howard the Duck complete collection, volume one, coming out soon, which I'm excited for, collecting the first 16 issues of Howard the Duck's original series. Um, anyways, again, so that's like 70s, but again, a lot of it is much more modern. Uh, Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man is getting a collection soon, which will collect the first 12 issues of his book, plus uh, the five-issue Spider-Man miniseries, which is cool. Um, and uh, anyway, and Jessica Jones got one last year, because obviously they tried to time it for people interested in the TV series, although you think they would have released it a year, early, uh, a year later, I should say. Uh, Thunderbolts got one by uh, Warren Ellis, because basically collecting two trades into one... A slightly oversized trade, etc. Anyway, so that was that was then. That was you know the ultimate slash complete collections. Now for a while they also had something called the complete epics, uh, which also predates the epic line itself. Now the original one was 2006. Um, we had the X Men: The Age of Apocalypse. Now this is actually interesting because they're they're rebranding it or redoing it soon as um, X Men: Age of Apocalypse and not called the complete epics. And to be honest, it's actually going to be more complete. I've always had a problem with the original. Uh, complete epic of Age of Apocalypse. And most of it's to do with the weird collection of books because, first of all, um, five years after the original four four uh, trade paperbacks, we finally got Legion Quest, the storyline which started everything. Now, I understand not in some ways not including it, but it just felt weird that the storyline that gave rise to the Age of Apocalypse didn't get a trade until five years later. And then when it did, and this has always burned my gut, um, which is the only reason I'm thinking about rebuying the trade paperbacks when they come out, um, is because it's going to be collected in the new volumes. They're going to collect um, the original uh, Legion Quest. And this is one of the reasons why originally I thought about getting the Omnibus when they released it, but I just could not bring myself to do it. 90 bucks for something I already own, uh, difficult to do. But what bugged me is that uh, the Legion Quest storyline was printed on standard paper. Uh, you Almost everything that Marvel puts out is on glossy paper. It's, it's smooth to the touch, and it's glossy. Uh, instead, it was on a matte kind of regular paper, uh, kind of not newsprint per se, but it wasn't glossy paper, and the colors looked terrible. So actually, if you picked up that, that prelude um, to the Age of Apocalypse volume, the paper quality and as a result the visual quality is actually worse than if you picked up the deluxe edition of the comics, which was what most people were going to back in the early 90s. Um, you, they had deluxe and standard editions. So if you were generally buying a comic book store, you were absolutely getting the, um, the glossier paper uh, for these deluxe editions. And uh, so if you were buying it back then, you would have better paper quality in your original comics that are over 20 years old 
than if you had just bought this trade paperback released in 2011, which is just mind-boggling. Then Volume 1 of this trade paperback collection has X-Men Chronicles 1-2, to okay, those came out when the original storyline did, collects Tales of the, from the Age of Apocalypse by The Light, which was published years later, or a couple years later, I don't know exactly how many years later, but definitely wasn't one of the original storylines. You get X-Men 9-1, which was from a few years later, uh, X-Men 96 Annual, Tales from the Age of Apocalypse, Sinister Bloodlines, and the Blink 1-4 to anime, um, uh, series, the miniseries. So... It just It's a giant hodgepodge of only two comics that actually were part of the original Age of Apocalypse. Now, I understand the clean, complete epic collection. They were trying to put everything in there. But it's always bugged me that you have this first volume, and it's useless. It has nothing to do with the actual original storyline, which is what people want. Then volumes 2, 3, and 4 are what collect the actual storyline. Um, as well as, you know, a few... The volume 4 collects, uh, once again, which is always weird, uh, Blink number 4 again... As well as, um, you know, uh, X-Men 53 to 54, which again takes place years later. But they were trying to do it complete, but it just ended up feeling weird. I, I would have rather it been complete publication order, um, the way it was originally intended, not how they retroactively added things in. Because there's elements that just didn't exist in the original storyline. Um, that was the first major uh, epic collection. Then the second one was the X-Men Onslaught, which I remember when it was coming out, I was super excited about. Uh, I was just you know picking it up with excitement every time they were coming out with a new volume. And in fact, when they were doing um, even they, uh, like a prelude or a zero volume, I also bought that. But that started in 2007, collecting all of uh, Onslaught. And it was much better, um, much more well thought out, and uh, just a better collection. Then in uh, 2011 came the collection I had always hoped for. Oh, sorry. Um, am I right? No, sorry. March 2010 came the collection I had always waited for, always hoped for, never thought they would ever do. Didn't think it was possible that they would finish it, let alone start it. But we finally got the uh, Clone Saga, which I am a huge fan of for some ridiculous reason. And that was just incredible because it was 11 volumes of um, just craziness, like the entire Clone Saga, all collected into an 11 trade paperback uh, collection. Um, it was branded twice. It was Spider-Man the Clone Saga 1 to 5, plus there was kind of a, a zero-ish volume called the original Clone Saga, and then there was Spider-Man Ben Riley Complete Collections Volume 1 to 6. And uh, it's a lot of material, um, not all of it good, but I've always been a huge fan of it, and uh, I've just I've dug it so much. It's just a lot of fun. Um, again, it helps that I started reading comics in this period and just the tail end. So the clone, I always thought the clone saga was kind of cool. I part of it's that I didn't live through it in terms of I wasn't picking up the issues on a regular basis while it was happening. So the frustrations that people have with the storyline keeping going on and on and on and not ending, I didn't really have to worry about that. I already knew the ending by the time I started reading it. So I am able to look at it with a bit of a rose-colored glass compared to someone who kind of lived through it and was frustrated with it. Um, the only other com kind of complete collection, that the complete epic that they're doing, is the complete alien costume cycle with Spider-Man, uh, which is actually running right now, um, which uh, had Volume 1 come out last year and Volume 2 coming out this May. Anyways, the whole point of this episode, uh, now that I'm like 16 minutes in just about, um, is to talk about the Marvel epic collection. So the epic collections are a really cool concept, and the idea is that um, Marvel's going to be looking at they, they originally picked I think four different lines or maybe, maybe even five it was Iron Man, Thor, Fantastic Four 
Captain America and Spider-Man. So I guess five were the start. And the idea was that they would have these giant oversized, well, not oversized necessarily, but very thick collections, uh, collecting material from certain years. And the idea is that they wouldn't publish it in order, but they would publish an entire collection, which is why it's called you know the Epic Collections. Um, they have a unified trade dress um, for each kind of particular volume. So if you're buying Spider-Man, they're all going to look the same. So on your shelf, you're going to have you know a nice black border, um, and then Amazing Spider-Man in red, nice red line that goes throughout every volume, and then the name of the of the volume, and then like a kind of a shot of Spider-Man as he appeared in that era. Um, so the idea is that they've they've now done for Spider-Man five, uh, sorry, four collections, um, and the idea of this is that they wouldn't do it in order, but eventually they would fill in all the blanks. They've they've mapped it all out. They know exactly what's going to be in each collection. Now, what's never been completely known, but see, everyone has an idea, is when are they going to end these collections? So the the rule of thumb seems to be so far that the idea that people think that they're going to go all the way up to the end. Uh, or sorry, right where onslaught basically ends, and we've seen a little bit to kind of support that theory so far. Um, I mean, with with Daredevil, for example, I mean he doesn't have his an easy a point because he didn't end um, after um, his book didn't end after um, this, the the uh, onslaught storyline because he wasn't really involved. So his is actually ending at a different point, um, which is going to be like. It looks like 380 uh, of the Daredevil book, which is basically right before uh, Marvel Knights, which I believe was 97, 98, uh, which heralded the return, uh, the arrival of Kevin Smith to Daredevil and kind of revamping and revitalizing the Daredevil book in a big way. So it looks like that's kind of Daredevil's jumping off point. For the other books, it appears to be um, going up to... From for that for most of them going up to onslaught uh, for Spider Man probably going up to the Clone Saga just because we already have an entire series of collections at that point. So the first title that was released as part of this was uh, Iron Man uh, Volume Ten, The Enemy Within, which collected uh, Iron Man one hundred fifty eight to one seventy seven. And what I like about every single volume is that you have on the back as nice and everyone has it in the exact same spot says the volume number and also tells you which years it covers. So it's very clear and concise exactly what you're getting, which issues you're, co- you're covering, what years you're in. And um, it's, you know, so with Iron Man, they started with volume 10. So there's obviously not going to maybe be as many volumes as compared to, let's say, Spider-Man. Um, Thor started with uh, number 16. Now, it's interesting. So a lot of these epic collections we started to get, the where they start isn't doesn't seem to be an accident. So, for example, the Thor Volume 16 War of the Pantheons, which collects Thor 383 to 400 from 87 to 89, um, is interesting because it comes right after uh, Walt Simonson runs in. So, a couple years ago, we got the Walt Simonson Omnibus, uh, which collected the entire Walt Simonson run. So, now we have something that takes up right off from that point. So, at some point, they're going to be doing these collections that collect previously collected material. But some of the stuff that they're collecting is never really been collected before and that's what's most exciting to me is that collecting things that couldn't have had before or haven't been in any other format um the next volume that they came out with was amazing spider-man volume 20 from 89 to 90 so again same kind of time period but a lot far like a few collections further and it was called the the cosmic adventures um now what's interesting about this and it's kind of what makes spider-man harder to collect is that there is a lot more titles going on at this point. So, I mean, this particular volume has eight issues of Amazing Spider-Man, 326 to 333. 
Um, then it has a few annuals. It has uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual 24, Spectacular Spider-Man 158 to 160, and the annual number 10, and Web of Spider-Man 59 to 61, and annual number 6. Now, it makes sense based on what was going on at this point. And basically, this, the Spider-Books in general get more complicated because there's more crossover than any other book. Because if you read Avengers, there was really only one Avengers book at this point. Well, I guess there was two, but they didn't have a lot of cross-section, whereas in the Spider-Books, there was a lot of cross-section. Uh, and especially with the annuals as, as well, as they usually kind of crisscross between each other. Um, this collection is also has the, the years where Spider-Man had the cosmic powers. Um, now, some of this was already collected in the Acts of Vengeance uh, hardcovers, but for the... Mo- uh, or was that an omnibus? I, think it, mm, I can't even remember my own collection now. Uh, but for the most part, this has stuff that was not originally collected, so it's cool to kind of see that together. Uh, the, ne- the next one they publish, and what I like at the end of each volume is, well, first of all, at the beginning of each volume, it tells you which other collections currently exist, which is nice. Um, so, for example, if I'm looking at the the first Spider-Man epic collection, Cosmic Adventures, it lists the, the few volumes that had already been solicited or figured out at that point. Um, so it included all three that had uh, been published at that point, plus it advertised upcoming volumes that hadn't even been published at that point and then at the very end it says uh next in the epic collection library avengers the final threat volume nine so it's they kind of keep a thoroughfare here that there's other books co- coming out in this line all the time uh usually one i think it's supposed to be one title a month um so they're, they're kind of moving on to the next so that they have a few that they kind of rotate between uh so avengers collect was volume nine covering 76 to 77 the final threat uh, which was, you know, 17 issues of Avengers, and you get a supervillain team-up, Marvel 2-in-1 annual, and two of the annuals from Avengers, which is cool. Then you had uh, the first Fantastic Four volume, which was called All in the Family. Now, it was interesting, again, issues 296 to 307 is no coincidence that it happens to collect uh, right from where the George, um, sorry, the John Byrne, not George, the John Byrne uh, uh, oversized Omnibuy ended. Uh, ended at the end of his run with 295, so you could pick up right from there with All in the Family and keep it going. So it's kind of plugging these holes. And again, something that had never really been collected before. Uh, then next up was Captain America, Dawn's Early Light. Um, now this collected some issues that were previously collected in the um, classic kind of Roger Stern, John, John Byrne Omnibuy. Or not Omnibuy, uh, collections that we'd had previously. So that part wasn't quite the same. Um, we had already had some of this material, and then issue two, sorry, the next volume was Iron Man volume 16, War Games, which collecting comics from 90 to 92, and that was collecting 258 to 277, so that collected uh, Armor Wars 2, as well as the Dragon Seed Saga for Iron Man, and then also a few issues that were orphaned and hadn't been released in a trade paperback format previously, um, but again, a lot of duplicated material, so I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, that sucks, because you're hoping for something that wasn't going to be like that. Going back for a second to the first epic collection, I just remembered Iron Man, The Enemy Within, picked up right from the Iron Man by, I think it was Michelinian, and um, uh, Layton and I think Romita Omnibus, um, or maybe not R- Romita, but there was an Iron Man Omnibus, and this kind of collected right from where it ended. 
Um, now, what's interesting is that, so up to this point, so now you had two Iron Man volumes, and it was going to kind of flip over. They added one, which originally was not solicited as an epic collection. I remember this because I'm a giant nerd, and about a year ago, I remember seeing that there was going to be a Daredevil uh, Fall from Grace collection, and I was like, that's awesome. I've always wanted to kind of have it collected. I didn't really remember reading it all. Um, I'm a, I, have, I am a big Daredevil fan. I'm a big fan of the Daredevil costume when he became all armored up, even though it's kind of a ridiculous costume and not the greatest storyline that it happened in. I was always just a fan of it, um, partially because the first time I ever saw Daredevil, he was wearing it, and it was uh, penciled by Mark Bagley in uh, an issue of, um, God, what was it? Um, Amazing Spider-Man, I can even tell you the issue number, is 296, sorry, 396, I should say. So I really wanted to pick it up, and then I remember ordering it, and then they changed the name of it to Daredevil Epic Collection, and that was a big deal, because up until then, they'd already said there's going to be five lines and nothing else, and suddenly there was a sixth line kind of jumping in, and this was last year around this time. It was April, uh, actually it came out April 9th last year, um, so basically the day I'm recording this. So exactly a year ago, this Daredevil Collection came out, and again, this is much more modern material than we've gotten up until this point. Um, because this was covering 93 to 94, uh, whereas the Iron Man volume we'd gotten was the, the, the newest, which brought us up to 92. Um, and then the, after that, we had we were returned to the regular kind of program, uh, as we had an issue of Thor, uh, another volume for Thor, uh, which was Thor 303 to 319, uh, from 81 to 82. And then after that, we got one which I was super excited about, which was Amazing Spider-Man Ghost of the Past, which collected issues 259 to 272, which hadn't really been collected before, and also had a few issues of Web of Spider-Man, etc. Um, what was cool about this is, again, it was stuff that hadn't really been published before or, re or collected, um, and also picked up nicely in terms of we had had a previous um, Birth of Ven Venom trade paperback that dovetailed nicely into where this one was starting. Um, there was a Roger Stern omnibus, which ended, I think, with 251 or 252, so there was a little bit of a lull in the middle, but if you had that other trade paperback, you'd have that collected. And this was, um, you know, collecting stuff that, again, had never really been collected, and some famous stuff here, too, as you see a lot more of the Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends run on Amazing Spider-Man. There's a few fill-ins as well, but this is some really fantastic material, um, some great bonuses at the back, which is like, you know, Marvel Tales... Um, covers for when the, they were kind of doing, uh, reprinting some of these issues. Um, so it's, I'm actually really excited about the next one, um, which collects, um, which will collect 273. I don't know when they're eventually going to get to it, but I'm super pumped for it. Um, and then after that was Avengers Judgment Day, which was again a nice kind of collection in that it came right after Avengers Under Siege and the, um, I guess the War on Olympus, or I can't remember the exact name of it, but the Assault on Olympus. It was a, uh, an Avengers storyline by Roger Stern. And right after that, you have uh, Judgment Day. Or in fact, I might actually be wrong. Judgment Day might even include that storyline. But it also collected, you know, a graphic novel, the X-Men vs. Avengers miniseries, and, um, you know, a West Coast Avengers annual. And it was kind of bringing you up with Avengers from 87. Uh, one after that was collecting... Um, one of the Walt Simonson runs in Fantastic Four, which collected issues 334 to 346. Um, so it's not collect, quite collecting everything that he wrote, but it's collected most of it, called Into the Time Stream. That came out July last year. Uh, then we got back to Captain America as we had Society of Serpents, so collecting some of Grunewald's run, collecting issues 302 to 317. Um, which, again, we've, we've had a lot of Grunewald's Captain America be collected in terms of the... Um, 
I can't remember the exact name of it, but the new Captain America, basically, when, uh, um, oh, God, what's his name? John Walker take over, took over. We had that in trade. Like, they did some of these larger Captain America trades a few years ago, but now we're kind of filling in the blanks. Then last year in September, it got a little less interesting just because we started getting stuff that was has been much more um, uh, reprinted in the past. In fact, uh, almost not too much so, but definitely we've had a lot of it. So I like that these were like, you know, a lot of these kind of middle volumes. It was like 12 or volume 17 or volume 20, like all these different things. And now we go back to having volume one for everything. So we have Fantastic Four Volume 1 with the first 18 issues of that series. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, collecting the first 17 issues, plus the annual, plus material from Amazing Fantasy 15. Unfortunately, we had a bit of a, an audio error as, once again, our computer has failed and corrupted most of this the conversation. So even though I had saved it after producing it, um, we lost uh, about 17, 20 minutes of conversation, uh, which I unfortunately don't have the time to complete. So this will have to be an unfinished episode. Um, so we, we got halfway through. We, we talked about Volume 1s, um, or up to where um, they switched to Volume 1 collections. Um, so in a future episode, I'll try and do everything after that point, uh, including one of my favorite volumes that's come out, which is Round Robin, which just came out, uh, I just received it last week, uh, which is Amazing Spider-Man Round Robin, Volume 22, collecting 91 to 92. So that'll have to be for a future episode, because... Just don't have it in me. Once you, I, it's hard to explain, but once you record an episode, a 45-minute episode, and then you lose it, and then you're unable to recover any of it, and then you record a replacement episode, which is then about 45 minutes, and then you lose 17 minutes of that, it gets really disheartening, and you kind of don't want to re, re, um, repeat yourself and do the same show over and over again. So I do apologize that this is a little bit briefer than it would have been, and it wasn't ended up being a, uh, as much about the epic collections as it would have liked, but... Um, I gotta kind of cut my losses and say, you know what, this is what I got. I'm not gonna play with fire, and I'm gonna put it up as is. So, thank you for joining us. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and post in our HD Realms thread as well. Thanks again for uh, for listening, and sorry for all the apologies, and sorry for the sorry. So, thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.